0: All right, really cool, special edition, Bleeding, Claret, and Cobalt. Our guest today, ESPN MLS analyst Taylor Twellman, who's got some uh, fun perspective on what Kyle Beckerman has meant to this club, to this league. We get into some Pablo Mastroeni stuff. We talk a little about the RSL ownership situation, the future philosophy, and the ongoing philosophy of developing young players at this club, and uh, Taylor even uh, uh, enters his uh, opinion into some of the things that need to be done in the stadium to really uh, modernize it and get Rio Tinto uh, back up to speed with the best venues in MLS, even though he says it's, it's, it's still right there.
1: Yeah, and I'll just uh, put the Dunny plug in for the safe standing. You'll hear yeah, there you some things, but it's, it's, uh, everybody knows it. Everybody who comes around here knows how close this place is to being first class. Yeah. You know. You know, this is one of my things that I uh, I spend a lot of time wondering what people outside of Salt Lake are thinking when they're watching RSL on the field. Yeah. And Taylor's one of those guys who definitely doesn't hold back when he's, when you know, his opinions. And he addresses this with you, but, you know, I think RSL, the RSL fan base is pretty tough on Taylor, which yeah. I think, you know, I'm not going to say he doesn't deserve that. He,
0: well, he loves the banter <laughs> yeah. and... I mean, I'm the I'm the ringleader among guys that say the ESPN doesn't pay enough attention to us. Yeah.
1: And I think but I think the reality is when you hear the way that Taylor talks about this club, I mean, the things that RSL does aren't on the front page of whatever MLS gets on. I don't know. There's not pages that talk about our our MLS in the first place, but but Taylor's keyed in. He knows what's going on and he sees what what this this team is. He, He sees what we see maybe not quite as in depth, but I know that like, we're not crazy when we, when we get excited about Demir, when we get excited about, yeah. you know, Aaron and we get excited about this team. And like, even though it's been kind of a, a rough little, you know, stretch, I think we're not wrong that to be excited about. This well,
0: team. it was really cool to watch him talking to Pablo today after practice. And he gives Pablo a lot of credit. He says this team, even though it's sometimes it's difficult to implement a new system and a new style, you know, mid-season, as Pablo has done, he says RSL is one of the teams he wants to watch play because there is a unique identity. The team is as fun as it's been to watch in six or seven years. Scoring goals, obviously, as we saw uh, against San Jose and at Portland a couple months you know, a month ago, you give up some goals if you get exposed in the back. And, you know, it's up to the, to the players on the field to try to figure it out. In real time, because you can't coach on a whiteboard. But uh, Taylor really paid Pablo some um, some phenomenal and, and I guess somewhat unexpected compliments. So here we go, bleeding claret and cobalt, uh, featuring Taylor Twelman from ESPN, presented to you by our friends, as always, at One Wire Fiber. Hey gang, I know uh, you've heard us talk about Adam Sessions and and OneWire, our sponsor here, on Bleeding Claret and Cobalt for the last several months. If you need an ISP, an internet service provider, if you're looking for an alternative, maybe you're not a small business owner, but you work for one, tell your boss to check these guys out. You can go find Adam and information about OneWire at onewirefiber.com. Uh, Get away from the big guys. These guys will take care of you. They have all the expertise and much, much better customer service than anybody else does. Voice, video, text for business, seamless, secure, cost-effective communications. You can modernize your office with one wire, Um, add productivity, reduce costs. They provide phone and network features unmatched by anyone. Again, they're Utah-born and bred. They love Rayal Salt Lake. So check them out at onewirefiber.com. Ask for Adam, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Really excited today to welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, the inimitable Taylor Twellman—a rare appearance in Utah. Taylor, welcome uh, to Rio Tinto Stadium. Wanted to grab a few minutes of your yeah. time to to hear your Kyle Beckerman memories. So I guess let's start with what comes
2: to your brain when you hear the two words Kyle Beckerman. Uh, two stories come to mind. First and foremost, uh, I think for everyone listening to this. Um, was the evolution of Kyle Beckerman as a player that kind of culminated at the 2014 World Cup. Mm. Um, it was a honor and a privilege to see that, to call those games, and to see how someone who was always on the outside looking in when it came to the national team, yeah. kind of at the peak of his career, reached those moments we all know and we still question Jurgen Klinsmann why he didn't play him against Belgium in the round of 16 game. Yeah. Because Beckerman was fantastic. He allowed Jermaine Jones to be who he was. He allowed Michael Bradley to be who he was. Um, and I, I just thought that was cool. The inside, the rope story, though, is when you say Kyle Beckerman, I remember Kyle Beckerman, 17 years old. We're at University of Maryland. Uh, I was a freshman. And Sasha Osirowski came to uh, me and my roommate, who was Nick Downing at the time. And he said, "We're gonna, you guys are going to host a couple players you know during the fall season and sasho is running a factory there yeah. right so our our freshman class came after the leo cullen judah cooks okay. era and then it just went in our freshman year we go to the final four we were starting for freshmen uh-huh. all that kind of thing and it was kyle beckerman and kyle beckerman wow. shows up and he was a local kid remember yeah, Crofton, right to so maryland yep yep So it was one of those where – and you always think when you're hosting these players at the time, is he going to take my position, right? So my roommate at the time was Nick Downing, and he's a midfielder playing as a center back. So Nick's like, you deal with Kyle. (laughs) You know, like, one of those? And I was like, oh, that's fine. Uh, The greatest compliment I can give Kyle Beckerman is the person he is now is the exact same guy I met at 17. Yeah. As transparent, as honest, as real as you're ever going to get. Um, he is on a list of players that in MLS that I would have immediately come to mind. His name would have said, "I wish I played with him," mm. right? Yeah, because I sure. knew Kyle. Um, we competed against each other at the younger stages of his career, yeah. but more so as a broadcaster. I think you, you you get a wider perspective of everything. You're out of that tunnel vision as sure. a player, and you get to see this league. And there just always was appreciation for me for the competitiveness. Kyle and I are very similar to yeah. that way. Like he'd run through a wall, try to win that game. The evolution of him as a player, I think he was underappreciated uh, technically yeah. uh, in that position. You Remember at 17, he was an attacking midfielder Yeah, maybe, like, sure. coming out. He was a very dynamic player, but as he grew up and became a real pro, that six, that position, what he did with the world cup, Kyle Beckerman was special. I just wish I got an opportunity to be his teammate. Um, the
0: local mythology, and it's good to hear you talk about that 2014 World Cup, was that his group stage, he was amazing, right? He's mm-hmm. metronomic for that team. People here still don't understand why he didn't play against Belgium. Okay. It was the only reason It was why. Fellini
2: and yep. – you know all of them. Okay. All, all of them. And and that was the only reason why Jurgen and his staff, I think, maybe have overthought it a little bit. Yeah. But they said, you know what, that's why Jeff Cameron's going to play as a defensive mid, and literally the answer – verbatim from anyone I talked to before the game, but even more so six weeks, 10 months, you know, there's something shady going on. If there's different answers, it literally was verbatim. Okay, interesting, right? It wasn't the right decision. We all know that. Sure. Right. Tim Howard had to come up with the best performance ever by a goalkeeper in a world cup game. But the metronome of that group stage was Kyle Beckerman in I I understand, though, a little bit of Jurgen thinking we're going to defend and all that. I just think everyone underestimated and understated the performance against Portugal. It wasn't a great Portugal team, but that United States team took it to them. Sure. Kyle Beckerman was a big part of that. So Pablo Mastroini is
0: now the interim head coach of Real Salt Lake. One of Kyle
2: Beckerman's best friends. Well, and that's what (laughs) I was going to say. I mean,
0: what do you remember from afar of maybe the influence Pablo had on Kyle during those formative years of Colorado before he comes here and absolutely transforms this I mean, Trey, you remember,
2: because you're an MLS historian, Pablo yeah. was one hell of a player. Uh, unbelievable. And one hell of a captain. Yeah. Great guy in the locker room. Uh by make no mistake about it, so was Kyle Beckerman. Yeah. So I think one hundred percent those early days, if I'm not mistaken, it was Miami Fusion. Correct. Right? I think you look at that and I think Pablo was a huge influence on Kyle Beckerman. You also gotta remember it's different times. Mm. And so for better or worse, I'm gonna say different. You could be a little harder with the rookies. Mm. You could be a little bit more. Ah, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? But just more of like you've got to work your way up the pecking order and Kyle Beckerman is a guy that literally rolled up his sleeves, wanted to be part of that group. It's identical to who Pablo was. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. and there was a chip on their shoulders. Kyle came up as a more accomplished youth player. Okay. That's that's not even debatable. Yeah. But as Kyle became a pro, he had to work at it a little bit more. And so the chip on the shoulder that naturally was there with Pablo Mastroianni, it's it, its the same <laughs> now with Kyle because I think Kyle yeah. felt like, well, I'm, why am I not getting national team? Why am I not playing consistently? Sure. Why am I still not getting called up when I'm literally dominating the league and we're winning everything with Real Salt Lake? Yeah. I think the chip that Pablo had kind of left Pablo's shoulders went to Kyle. I, I think they're eerily similar in yeah. two guys that – I could call tomorrow and you could go have a beer with and it would feel like it, it wasn't 25 years ago.
0: The passion for the game, obviously the, the, the leadership quality is phenomenal. Um, Everybody here, though, was still a little surprised to hear that Kyle was taking a college coaching job. The only Division I program here in the state of Utah. What uh, I know you probably haven't followed the UVU season, have you?
2: I have. The only thing I would say – not the only thing. I was stunned. And the reason why I was stunned is Kyle did everything – Kyle was calculated. He was very smart – uh, both on and off the field, and yeah. so I was a little surprised he took a job—not that job, a job like that—that yeah. that quickly. Yeah, because that's a completely different environment uh, situation of what you've been doing as a pro sure. for so long, and then you spend five minutes thinking about a trade, and then yeah. you're like, "Well, wait a minute—that's actually who Kyle is, yeah. right?" And Kyle, I—I could have told you. 10 years ago sure, when this team in Salt Lake City was thriving in 2013. I yeah. going, if I would have picked one player on the field that's going to be a coach, I would have literally looked you right in the eye for Salt Lake and said, it's going to be Kyle Becker. Yeah. Now, when, where, whatever that is, sure. I don't know that answer. So it doesn't surprise me that he's a coach. It did surprise the absolute hell out of me that he took that job that quickly. Yeah. And yet, from all accounts, he's loving it. Absolutely. He's learning uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if if you are talking about Kyle Beckerman as a coach at different levels down the road. But I don't think he's in any rush Mm-mm. to make that decision because I think he wants to find himself post playing, which a lot of us—that's a real struggle to do. Yeah, I don't think Kyle's going to have that much of a struggle. Oh, he's got him.
0: Alex Yi and yes. and Seth Trembley, his old, which is U-17 unbelievable. Braden and yep. boys uh, with him on that staff he comes from a family of educators his brothers a yep. wrestling coach at brown now right yep. Yep. yeah so um is the Kyle Beckerman for Medi bellucci trade the most lopsided in the history of major league soccer wow
2: that's such a great question dear lord i mean we you and i would have to spend <laughs> 5 minutes to go through the some of the other ones but if it's not 1a it's 1b isn't yeah. it yeah i mean it it, it has to be now, the Carlos Ruiz from LA Galaxy to <laughs> FC Dallas, it's not in that conversation with Beckerman and Belucci. but there were yeah. some other trades where you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, that was during a time, though. I think MLS didn't know how sure. to rate their own assets because yeah. Bellucci was a very good soccer player, yeah. a different player. Right. But what Beckerman turned into, if it's not 1A, it's 1B trade. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the reason it's so lopsided,
0: obviously the Rocky Mountain Cup rivalry, which probably not a lot of people around the league pay a ton of attention to, has been so lopsided. But what Kyle did starting in July of 07... You know, three days after we claim Chris Wingard off waivers from Clavijo in Colorado, then six months after you get Kyle, you bring Nat Borchers back from Europe. And that's where Jason and Garth really, I mean, they made 22 moves that yeah.
2: offseason. But it all starts and ends with Kyle. Oh, and- absolutely. And the reason why it starts and ends is because the Nat Borchers of the Worlds aren't coming back if they don't understand what the climate is going to be in that locker room, yeah. and with all due respect to Garth and, and Jason, absolutely. But the players are going to dictate that because both of those guys were still on a they 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 hadn't accomplished a lot yet in those roles. Absolutely, they're brand new, right? And so yeah. when you think of that, Nat Borchers is going to say, "Well, what kind of you know what is this?" Mm-hmm. Oh, Kyle's there. Oh, interesting. Chris Winger's there. Interesting. Oh, two guys that. Well, and that came back because Robin Fraser was Bingo. Jason's assistant. I was just gonna say. Yeah. So a lot of it was Kyle, um, and a lot of it was those three guys. I just that was a fun team to cover. I enjoyed yeah. covering. We, when I got done playing, I didn't think I was gonna do broadcasting or even was gonna get into it. But we came out here. I came out here a lot. Yeah. It was weird. It was 2011, 2012. We came out here a lot, and. It was a great team, fun team. Sure. I loved Olave. I loved Morales. I, I just loved the team. Brad Boy, great, Will yeah, Johnson. Just a fun team. It was a great co- uh I, I think collection of guys that were special, but guys that had been in and around the league that wanted to prove something. And a lot of that was Beckerman.
0: Yeah. It was all that second chance stuff. And it was and,
2: and all the cultural intangibles that that Kyle led by
0: example. And you know, he was here for 14 years.
2: Yeah, I mean, I honestly, Trey, I'm asked this all the time, and it's I think the greatest thing a player can hold is his or her hat on is how many times that coach says your name to play a game. Because that's ultimately, this is a job, and yeah. I don't think people listening understand. The moment you cross the line and you're getting paid to play, it's a job. And there's 20 individuals that are trying to pay their families yeah. and trying to put food on the table, and so you've got to collect yourself – and put in work every single day. And for a coach to call your name for 14 years, mm. X number of games.
0: Yeah, 498, regular season. I mean, think of that Another number. Another 100, dude. at least, in Open Cup and Playoff right. and CONCACAF.
2: So the, uh, the ownership of your career, the ownership of your body, the ownership of saying, this is my opportunity, I'm going to maximize. Yeah. Kyle Beckerman will put his head on the pillow every single night. There's zero regrets. Yeah. Right? And so... That is the – everyone will laugh listening to this. You can talk about goals. You can talk about everything. You were called on your day job 498 times in a regular season alone. His longest injury absence was 11
0: games when he did his plantar fasciitis in, I think, late 15.
2: And I can promise you one thing. He probably shot that thing up to make sure he got back on the field. Sure. Right? 100%. He just was that guy. Yeah it's remarkable to see the numbers of what he accomplished. You're like, what, dude? Yeah. I mean, Trey, I played on a team that was we were, we were we lost four MLS yeah. Cups, right? Yeah. But it was a I barely played 170 games.
0: Wow. That's insane.
2: <laughs> right? You think yeah, about I that. I would have thought of it a lot more. Yeah. Sure. And it was I was 28, punch of the face, career ends. Yeah. But then you look at guys like the Kyle Beckermans of the world, mm-hmm. you're like, my God, man, that is that to me again. I'm being repetitive. That's your greatest accomplishment. Yeah, because 498 times a regular season, that coach of that given day looked you in the eye and said, "I need you on the field." Yeah,
0: first name. That on says the enough sheet.
2: about you as a player. Yep. Um, going a little more macro
0: here as we wrap up on Real Salt Lake. You know, certainly the last 12, 15 months have been extremely rough here yep. uh, off the field, and uh, I guess how surprising should anybody be that this team is. Um, still in control of its playoff destiny with a win Wednesday night against Portland. They
2: should be surprised Yeah, Uh, because you're not only coming out of a, trying to come out of a pandemic, but you've got the situations off the field here uh, that the fan bases have had to dealt with. I think this is one of the best fan bases in this league. Uh, One of the more, um, self-believing. Hmm. Uh, there's always a chip on their shoulder with me on Twitter <laughs> or whatever that I don't pay. But but I love that. I yeah. appreciate it. that's what you are. Sure. That you believe in your team. I'm surprised. I'll tell you this right now. Now, many of experts had Real Salt Lake at the bottom. 13 right? out of
0: 13 in the West. Right. Yep. And so
2: when I hear that, I say, okay. Now, if I was asked before, I'm not gonna tell you I would have had him in the top seven. Yeah. But I would have looked at it and said, Hold on a minute. Krylak, rusneck Like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, Albert is a special, special player. Now, I would have probably said before the season, if he goes to Euros, what does that look sure. like on his year? Well, and
0: that was the expectation.
2: Right? Yeah. And so, uh, the fact that, you know, they're playing for the playoffs is surprising when you go back to the beginning of the year. However, when you look at the last 10 games, 12 games, Yeah. This team has been one of the more exciting teams to watch. Now, I know Pablo's probably lost 10 years of his life. (laughs) Part of that is his doing. Yeah, sure. But that's why I love Pablo. He's going all in. He's going for broke. This team goes for broke. They're an exciting team to watch as a neutral. Um, And I would be shocked if they don't get the job done. You're at home against Portland, and you've got the game in hand while LAFC and Vancouver play each other, Minnesota United, the Galaxy play each other. Uh, I would be shocked if they don't make it, and I think it's one of the better stories of the MLS regular season because of Trey. What you said of the lack of identity and direction, and who knows where this thing is going? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys. Excuse me, on the end of their contracts. Yeah, you know what? What's the coaching staff for this team right now? Two guys. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Right, like they, they you're, you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel right now with resources and everything. And the fact that they're surviving. I think that's a feather in the cap of Pablo and the team because here they are, and they've got an opportunity. I think three points they get in, and what you want to control your own fate. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's you, how you, I always nobody
0: watch. Nobody's comfortable scoreboard watching. No, you, yeah. you don't
2: want to do that. Like Adrian Heath last weekend, we did Minnesota United Sport in Kansas City. It's like the worst feeling in the world is when you have to watch the scoreboard. Yeah. Well, Salt Lake can say, listen, get three points against Portland, we're more than likely in.
0: Yep. And then you go to Kansas City, and you don't know what Sunday's game means for them in terms no. of – Does anybody want a one seed to get an extra bye week for an international break? It's
2: odd. It's odd. It's an odd conversation, Trey, but it is what it is. It's the way the schedule is in MLS. Mm -hmm. I think it's better at 21 days than it is 14. I know that sounds crazy. Okay. But I think with the congestion of the COVID schedule around the world – I think you allow the playoffs to build momentum. You allow the national broadcasters to then set the stage. Maybe you get yourself a little momentum to really showcase a a hell of a tournament. But I don't know if you want the number one seed because Sporting Kansas City's never won an MLS Cup as a one seed. Seattle's never won an MLS Cup as a one seed. And so you're right. The Wednesday game against Austin, if Sporting Kansas City wins that game... They may look at that last game against RSL and say, We don't, we, we kind of want to rest guys yeah. to give them a little bit break going in the international break. I don't know. Yeah. Fascinating. Um,
0: what is your take on kind of the RSL paradigm shift of, let's say, the last five years where they've gone very. Uh, youth oriented. You're, you see it a little bit with Achoa yep. and Herrera mm-hmm. and Glad, and you know we've had Brooks Lennon in the past, Bofo Saseedo that didn't really pan out at MLS level. Did very well in youth national team stuff. Um, is this a sustainable model going forward? Uh, you
2: still need the Ruseknoks and the yep. Prilaks of the world. Hundred percent. You do. Yeah. Um, and and who knows with the new ownership coming in, maybe it's a third guy like that. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're sitting there saying, okay. Let's have, let's have some fun. I love the foundation of it. I think uh, Real Salt Lake's academy has been fantastic for a long, long time. It hasn't gotten the credit, mainly because FC Dallas has literally done what they've done, and the Red Bulls have had two or three yeah. real major signings. And
0: then Philly had the big sale. Philly. But ourselves but but had 54 guys sign pro contracts. Thank you. But, so, but hasn't done the big international sale.
2: No, but if you have get 54 pros and you get 25% of them are playing for seven years or more, then by definition, it's a fruitful project. Sure. But you don't get the real Fruitful Project unless you get Tyler Adams for the Red Bulls playing with Thierry Henry, yeah. and Tim Cahill, yeah, sure. and Sasha Kleshton, and Dax McCarty. So then it showcases it even yeah. more. Does that make sure. sense? Sure, And I think the new ownership group here in Salt Lake has a fantastic foundation to do something big. Right. Now, it's not a big market. We right. all know that. Yeah. But you still could do something. You could... Refurbish the stadium. Yeah. And then and by the way, we're sitting here. This is a fantastic foundation for a stadium. You enclose this with a little bit more roof, you fix the scoreboards. This thing's rocking and roll. Yeah. This thing's rocking and rolling without that. Sure. Fix that a little bit more money into the infrastructure. Yeah. Dude, this thing isn't fun. They're if they're in the playoffs in 2021, yeah, out of a pandemic, with no ownership. Building and a no roster real infrastructure, with one hand behind God. the back. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. then you've got something.
0: And then I guess Obviously, the other subtext is Pablo's here coaching without knowing what his future is going to be, yep. because of a very bizarre situation decision that Freddie War has made. Uh, what was your going through your mind when you saw that Freddie wanted the security as opposed to uh, fighting for for the playoffs with this group? I,
2: I've said this to the the Seattle people as well. Like, was that job not available January first, twenty twenty two? So my only question to sure. Freddie would have been, don't you want to see out the project? On the other hand i understand freddie if he knows he has zero shot of staying past 2021 well then okay then then i get it um that's a tough one on the group and but again i go back to my experience with pablo as a player as a captain and who he was there may not have been a better assistant coach to have there to galvanize a group that played in this league when this league was training out of trailer parks yeah when this team was you know this league was a lot different when Pablo came into this league sure. and his back's been against the wall in many situations. So he's kind of galvanized the group. There seems to be life. There's music playing the training. Like he just seems to have really pushed the buttons of the players to get them to buy in. But Trey, I don't think the people listening to this understand there's a lot of players on the last year of their contract sure. too. Sure. Right. So they're kind of, everyone's kind of playing for yeah. their livelihood yeah. and coaching for their livelihood. I just think if you got Pablo in a room by himself and he was, given some true serum, I don't think he took this job knowing he was going to be the interim head coach yeah. within 18 no, months, no. let alone six.
0: And 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 look, we all loved Freddie, and for six months, Pablo was still the guy that was building a culture here. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think he's been fantastic with our fans with our media. He's been that communicator, and his transparency and his willingness to share his vision, I think, is one of his be- greatest strengths.
2: Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't so, agree with you more. last question, Yeah. what's your MLS Cup prediction? It's a great question. You sound like Max Bredos in the middle of May when he <laughs> asked me that on a, with, the like, 75 games I love left. being compared to Maxie. I think uh, – I'll give you my key the, the biggest point that I will make and then I'll give you a prediction just for yeah. the sake of it is the fact that the 21-day break for the number 1 seeds is going to be very interesting mm. and how many international games are being played for those teams. And so the New England Revolution absolutely 100% have been the best team of 2021. Right. But what happens during that international break? Are there injuries? Do you have Mm. anything that comes out with Buchanan and Buxa? Because then all of a sudden that changes it. They don't have a ton of depth. I just have a sneaky suspicion. I don't really want to play New York City, and I've said Mm. it all along, and I've taken some criticism, and yet every single coach and people that are on the field, they hate playing them. Yeah. Um, And I don't – why would you ever want to play the Seattle Sounders, Mm -mm. right? You know this here in (laughs) Salt Lake. When you have a group of veteran players – a coach that knows how to push the right buttons. You've got a two designated player type players in Ladero and Morris coming back. I don't want to play that team that knows for the last five MLS Cups they've been to. They yeah. know exactly what to do. And I think Sporting Kansas City sweating a little bit about that number one seed because they want to play that game in Kansas sure. City. Yeah, that makes where sense. Where Seattle doesn't really care where that's played. Yep. So I would really I I like Seattle. I still do coming out of the West. And I just would be shocked if New England just somehow doesn't host yeah. MLS Cup. I would be stunned, not because that's my former club, just because the way they've dominated the entire year. But then again, Nashville will time 0-0 and beat them on penalties. <laughs> I mean, Nashville's got 41 ties this year out of 34 games.
0: Unbelievable. Um, well, Taylor, we love having you here. Hopefully we get to see you guys maybe a little more often, either in the, in the playoffs or uh, – or certainly next year as we uh, kind of embark and turn the page on a new era here for Real Salt Lake. So thanks for taking the time. Good to
2: have you back, buddy.
0: Yeah, no, thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, as always, give us your feedback on social uh, at uh, Claret Cobalt, or you could go to anchor.fm slash Claret and Cobalt. Leave a comment there. Let us know your guest suggestions. We'll try to keep these pods coming on a little more regular basis and a little more fast and furious as we get into the playoffs as we get into the international break uh we're going to have some of the the players on the line here for you as well as we kind of get resituated here with bleeding clara and cobalt as always thank you to the super producer ryan hale thank you to our sponsor adam sessions and one wire fiber for making this possible